It's time that you know you're right. Period. Actually, but unfortunately, how common it is for women to not be heard when they share their symptoms, especially when it pertains to, to periods and menstruation. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Brown Woman Health Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be covering something that is so prevalent in the South Asian community, and that is anemia. Now, every time I hear about anemia, I run. I run. I run. Get it? Anyways, anemia is a condition in which you lack enough red blood cells, healthy red blood cells, to carry adequate oxygen to your body's tissues. And the reason I made an iron joke is because a huge cause of anemia is oftentimes iron deficiency. Now, to cover this topic, we're invited a special guest, Alina Ansari, to talk about her experience with anemia and some factors that we don't really consider with anemia, most prevalently, mental health. So welcome to our show, Alina. Could you please introduce yourself? So my name is Alina Ansari, and I kind of have a lot of different to- a lot of different roles and titles, but I think at my core, I really consider myself a storyteller. So I do this by day, maybe in a non-traditional way at Microsoft, where I create go-to-market strategy and campaigns, um, but it also shows up in a lot of the other things that I do in my free time, I call it working the night shift, kind of the night shift of my dream. So as a freelance writer, as a speaker, and as a mentor to a lot of women and folks of color who are breaking into media, tech, and business, I think a lot of what we do is sharing stories about ourselves and what brought us to where we are, but also giving advice so that way they feel a little less alone in the process. Thank you for sharing that, Alina. And we're so excited to have you on our show today to discuss what health means to you and your health journeys. So Before we start, what does health look like for you, whether it be physically, mentally, emotionally, what is it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think as you alluded to, the the way that I see health has become a lot more expansive. So growing up, there was a lot of emphasis on physical health, the kind of traditional things that you can measure. So your vitals, the way that your body appears, even like my parents talk a lot about our genetic history. So what conditions are we potentially predisposed to get because it runs in our family? Um, And we've had a lot of different, um, there's a lot of different conditions that show up. And I think there's a lot of fear, honestly, of not being somebody who gets them. And so a lot of times health was a way to, to live, to live longer and to hopefully not not deal with as many health conditions or challenges. And I think that it's, of course, important to be aware of your health and where it comes from physically, but that's not the only aspect of health. And so the further I've gotten in my life, especially when I got to college, I think of health in terms of a lot of different areas, not just physical health, but emotional health, spiritual health, mental health. Um, And all of these aspects contribute to me really being well and not just taking care of my body, but also caring for my mind and feeling ways and opportunities where I feel really connected to my work. Because when I'm not connected to my work, I think my body knows that and it does affect other aspects of my life. So I want to feel really aligned as much as possible. So now that we've covered your definition of what health looks like for you, I know that on your Instagram page, you have a post on your menstruation cycle and there's a lot of connection between menstruation and anemia. So could you tell us a little bit more about your journey as well as how it's been like using social media to talk about your journey? Because I know there's so many studies these days that talk about the detrimental effects of social media, but I think you've kind of spinned it in a more positive light. So could you just expand a little bit more on that? 
Yeah. So, I mean, that story begins, you know, very long ago, probably when I was 13 or 14. I've always been someone who's had irregular periods. Like, that's super normal for me. Um, like, I remember when I was 13, like, I was getting, I was having my period like every two weeks and then I didn't have it for nine months and it was so irregular. I remember trying to tell my primary care physician at the time and pretty much every time I talked to a doctor, they would say, yeah, this is normal. Like just wait six to seven years and then maybe come back and talk to me if your periods are still irregular. Um, And I think in hindsight that that nature of being so dismissive about something I was experiencing, which I realize now is so common, probably contributed to me not valuing all parts of my health because this doctor was quite literally telling me what you're going through doesn't really matter. See you in six years, as if six years isn't a long time to be struggling with something. Um, And it actually took until I was probably 20 or 21 years old that I learned that my periods had actually resulted in severe anemia, which none of the doctors I had talked to had even asked to get any blood work or check in about my energy levels. The way that I found out was I was like working out. I would always kind of go to my college gym and I was reaching this point where I couldn't even run like a mile without having to stop. Like I just felt so exhausted all the time. Um, And it just felt like a level of exhaustion beyond anything I had experienced. So I asked my mom, like, I texted my mom because she's a doctor to say, I think something is really wrong and I don't know what it is. And she ended up um, helping me figure out, like, how to get in touch with my doctor again and get some blood work done. And we found out that I was not only anemic, but I was severely anemic, like way below the threshold of normal or healthy. Um, and I actually, at that moment, when I, when I got those results, I think I felt kind of sane again. I was like, oh, this is why I don't have energy. This is why it's so hard for me to do things. It's not just me. Like, it's not like I'm not trying my best because I am. There's actually something physiologically going on that has been going on for years and we didn't even know. Um, and even thinking back, I remember like when I was 15, I tried to donate blood. Like they kept calling me over and over the blood bank. And I like, I went in, I had to answer all these questions and then they tested my levels and they were like, Oh, you're too anemic to give blood. And I didn't even take that as a sign that it wasn't just that one day I was actually anemic probably as like a, a chronic condition. So at that point, I think that that diagnosis of severe anemia gave me a lot of power to say, okay, now I know what the problem is. Like in this case, what the problem is, what can we do to start having the solution? So I started taking um, iron pills and I actually ended up pursuing getting an IUD because my doctor told me this is the only FDA approved way to stop your cycles because that's really what I wanted is like, I want to not be bleeding all the time, like Clearly, that seems like the best way to prevent anemia. Um, iron pills will only get me so far. And that was probably the truly like the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I think if I could do my life over, pretty much the only thing I would undo is getting an IUD because it actually made me bleed for, I think, basically three months straight, if not four. So I was actually kind of in a very similar situation where I kept calling my doctor. I was studying abroad in Prague. And I was saying like, hey, I'm still bleeding. I'm actually bleeding a lot. I thought this was supposed to help. And they kept telling me, you know, you need to wait four full months because that's like the period that it takes for an IUD to to fully become a part of your system and give you hormones. Um, And it ended up causing not only 
bleeding, but I was nauseous every day. I broke out in really painful, severe cystic acne that I've still like am scarred with today. Um, and it was just like the worst period of my life, even like going through all of that, studying abroad, being in my senior year. I don't think I've ever felt more alone than I did. Um, and to that point about social media, I actually didn't talk about that experience until maybe a few months ago when I kind of felt like I had processed it enough to share. I, there had been enough time between that moment and everything that happened, um, I guess, three years ago now is when I got my IUD taken out that I sort of feel normal again. Um, but I think what what I've really appreciated is that with social media, I actually feel like I've found people who understand my experience and I, it makes me feel less alone. So rather than being a place where I'm like comparing myself to other people, I actually had a lot of people, you know, after I made the post about my whole IUD story, commenting and messaging me saying that something very similar happened to them. So they were told they had to try birth control and it made them break out or it made them bleed even more, it didn't solve the problem, I actually realized how common that is and actually, but unfortunately, how common it is for women to not be heard when they share their symptoms, especially when it pertains to to periods and menstruation. Um, so actually, I'm grateful that I have social media and, and that people were so supportive of me being honest. Uh, and I think that that is kind of my charter is I will tell my story regardless of how people will respond to it, because the storytelling is really for me. And if somebody resonates, it enables them or powers them, then that is just a byproduct. But that's not the reason why I do it. I think I really tell my story and I live my life for me first. Wow. So there's a lot to unpack here. And before we really delve into it, I want to ask you, what has the mental health side of anemia been like for you um, with all of the energy drains and everything that's involved with anemia, as well as you mentioned advocating for yourself as a patient. What does that mean and what's some advice you have revolving that? Yeah, I mean, I think once I knew I was anemic, that was the most helpful because I could point to something. But I think up until that point, um, it was just incredibly disarming in a way. Like I felt like I didn't have enough energy to show up in the ways that I wanted. And to this point about like not being taught about mental health for most of my life, I think I thought I was to blame. Like, you know, I wasn't working hard enough. I wasn't being present enough. And the fact that I didn't have energy to do things, I think I blame myself because like I've, I've been taught like, you know, you're only there for yourself. Like you have to show up, you have to be self-disciplined. Um, and it was really hard because I felt like my body was betraying me in a way. I wanted to be able to show up and like go, go to all these like early morning study sessions and late night events and like be really present in meetings when I was at my internship um, during that time. But it was just hard to show up and do anything because I was just trying to get through the day. Um, I remember actually really early on, like a year before I had been diagnosed, I was fasting for Ramadan because I'm Muslim. Um, and my team had been hosting this inclusive design sprint. So it was like a really big deal. We had customers come in, we were interviewing them. And I think there was a point where I had been resting my, my head on the table because I was tired because I was fasting, not realizing that I was also anemic. So you can't even, I can't even imagine like going back to that point of just like, truly having no energy and not even understanding why. And I remember my manager at the time talked to me and said, you know, that he was really disappointed by that because he thought that I wasn't present and that I didn't care. And it was such a, such a pivotal event. And I think, you know, when I got the diagnosis, I went back to that moment to say, 
oh, that wasn't me not being present. That was me not realizing something was wrong with me. And I didn't even have the language or the ability to say, hey, I'm really tired right now because my body is quite literally trying to survive and recover. Um, so in a way, the diagnosis and like going through having anemia has taught me to be more patient with myself and say, you know, there's there's something there's a will that I have to do things, but that's not the only factor that contributes. Like sometimes your body is telling you that you need to rest, whether you have anemia or not. Like maybe you need to go to bed earlier. Maybe you need to sleep in. Maybe you need to skip an event. And this idea of being more in tune with what your body is telling you about when you want to rest is something that I definitely neglected and underestimated that now I value. So I think that's a good reminder to listeners is that your body knows what's going on likely before you do and to really, really listen and be attuned to that. So then to the point about, you know, interfacing with healthcare professionals, I think I had to learn that you know, in a way, like these healthcare professionals weren't going to look out for me and that I had to be the one to advocate for myself. So even like a year ago, I was having like my period started to get really bad again. So I went to an OBGYN and um, actually I specifically sought out a woman of color first and foremost because I wanted somebody that I felt like would listen to me and resonate with my experience. And before she even like when she asked me, like, you know, why are you here? What's going on? I made it very clear to her and I said, I'm going to tell you exactly what I've been through, like what my history looks like, because I know it well. And I don't want to be questioned about what is true or not, because this is my experience. And I like I told her the whole history. Um, I told her like everything I'd been through. I like I brought in my blood work because I couldn't operate under the assumption that she would know, because first of all, she's she doesn't know everything about my life. I'm the expert. But also for me, I really knew that I needed to lay it all out on the table and I needed to be clear about what I needed. And that was a really big mindset shift for me. I think for people who are especially intimidated by healthcare, you you kind of go there because you believe like the doctor, the nurse, the healthcare practitioner is the expert. But in reality, you are the expert in yourself. You have to be able to tell your story and then have thoughtful questions about how they can help you. So that way their work, their blood work, their tests can be a tool, but it's your health at the end of the day. Um, and so that idea of how can I leave it out on the table? How can I say exactly what I need to say um, is something I remind myself not only in healthcare settings, but even in like meetings with my manager or interviews or colleagues that I need to, to say what I need to say about myself and my work because not everybody will have that context unless I tell them. Um, and so I, in a way, I feel like I've found my voice and it's, you know, it's enabled healthcare professionals, I think, to take me more seriously because I know exactly what I need. And it's sad that I have to do that, but I, I have to do what I have to do for my health. And I make that clear. I really think that what you just shared is so empowering. And to just go on with that message of empowerment and tie it a little bit back into the social media conversation that we just had. I know in an article of yours, you wrote, I am reminded that others' success is not my failure. And I think that's such a powerful quote, especially to share online. So could you just elaborate more on what you mean by when you say that? Yeah. So I think one thing I've realized about myself is that jealousy is one of my biggest vices. I think it's something I've always really struggled with. Um, and I've always been aware of that in a way. Like, 
I think I talked about how, in a way, I don't really compare myself to on social media, but I think I do compare myself to people in real life that I know. I have very, very successful friends. Like most of my friends are in med school, they're in grad school, they're in dental school, they've started their own businesses, um, which is great. And I love seeing how much excellence there is among my friends. And for the most part, I think 90% of the time, I'm really just inspired by what I see, um, because as I mentioned in that quote, I know that there's room at the top for everyone. Just because they succeed doesn't mean that I can't be successful. But I think a reframe that I've recently, um, I've kind of recently adopted is from this book I just read called We Should All Be Millionaires by Rachel Rogers. And she has this whole section about how to envision and manifest your dream life. And a sentence that stood out that she wrote is, follow your envy, it shows you what you want. And I think that's been really helpful for me is that envy or jealousy doesn't have to be a bad thing. Jealousy might be a sign that you want something that you don't have. And the the important thing is how you reframe it from your own perspective. So when I see all my friends, you know, really successful, right, going to grad school, med school, whatever, I ask myself, is that something I want for myself? Do I want to go to maybe business school? Do I want to go pursue a higher degree? Is that valuable for me? And so it's less about, oh, this person has something I don't have, scarcity mindset, but how can I add more abundance to my life? And does this mean that I want something different? And that's actually why I started freelance writing is I had some mentees who are getting really, really great high profile bylines like the Seattle Times. And I said, well, is that something that I want? Are these publications I'm excited by? And it actually led to me pitching myself to them and now getting all of these writing opportunities because I followed my envy and turned it into something that I really want. Um, And I think that's been really healthy for me is when I'm on social media, I'm not comparing myself to all these people I don't know because I know that Instagram is a highlight reel. But I follow the things that I'm excited or even I wish I was doing and try to bring them back to my life. That's been much healthier for me. I feel like these thoughts are so profound and has given me a lot to think about, especially about the dimensionality of having something like anemia and how an iron deficiency could really affect your life in so many other ways than what you can really imagine. So thanks for storytelling and um, on our show today, Alina. And where can our guests find you online? Yeah. So the benefit of my name is that nobody spells it like me. So if you search Alina Ansari, it's likely me. Um, So I usually post about like upcoming events, honest reflections, travel things on Instagram at Alina Ansari. And if you want to learn more about my work, I also have a website, alinaansari.com. So that's a great place to go if you want to work together or find out about what's, what's to come in the future. And that's a wrap. Thank you for being on our show, Alina. We really appreciated this conversation that we had with you today. It was so real, so raw about having anemia. And it's given me a lot to think about. And I hope it's been helpful for our audience as well. Um, Thanks for being on our show. And check out Alina online. And also follow Brown Woman Health on Instagram, Twitter, wherever. And we'll see you next time. Cool. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.